Amen, amen. Well, without any further ado, let's give a warm Only Believe Ministries welcome to our guest speaker today. He came all the way from Greenville, North Carolina. He is the president of Covenant Theological Seminary. Let's give a warm welcome to Dr. Max Flynn. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Glory to God. Man, I feel like I'm at home. Just real people. I love real people now, I'm telling you. I lived, I started a church in another city, and it was a very arrogant city, and I couldn't wait to leave it, and I, and I think they were glad when I did. <laughs> I like people who like people. Amen. And I can tell this is a wonderful place where people love people. That's, that's, about, that's, how, that's how Jesus is, you know. He loves people. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I've heard so much wonderful uh, news and good things about your pastor. Talked to him on the phone about six times, I'd say. And uh, I, I just, what a blessing it is. An honor for me and our school. Uh, one of our graduates is right behind him, Rob Kennedy. And Rob found, I, I don't know how it all worked out, but anyway, He's receiving a, a, a doctor of ministry. It's, this is not something that was awarded to him as an honorary doctor degree. This is a doctor of ministry that was earned. Amen. Now, now I'm not against the other ones either, but I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, this man has earned everything that he has done. Amen. If you have your Bible, I've got my trusty New Testament, my Gideon's Bible this morning. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 2, please, because we've got uh, a time schedule here. I want to kind of uh, just share some things with you. The Lord spoke a number of things to me this morning sitting down there. I don't know where the girl went, but one girl looked like my granddaughter, and uh, that really stirred me up about something. Acts chapter 2. If you were in Greenville, North Carolina, we have a, a graduation every fourth Sunday night in Greenville. And as the president, I do have an administrator as well. If I did, I wouldn't have a seminary. I'm not an administrator. I am a preacher, amen. amen. And uh, I'm a salesman, really. I just, you know, that's, that's what I do. And I got, I got two daughters just like me. I got, I got two just like their, like their mama. She's, she's mercy and I'm prophet. <laughs> I try to straighten them out and she, and she's all, oh, you're all right. <laughs> no, no, we all need to change. Amen. From glory to glory. But, but anyway, it, it is so, back to it. It's so good to be here. If, if you were in Greenville last, uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I ministered on the getting back to the basics. My main responsibility for graduation, and it is our time of celebration, and it's a big deal thing. Now, I, I've, worn a, I've worn a regular robe like he has, but I've got one of those fancy things, and it's too heavy and it's too hot, and so I just brought one like, like Doc's going to have one this morning. But anyway, uh, every year it's my responsibility to write some things in the program and to get the speaker or whatever. And the last two years I've spoken because God said, he said, this is my seminary, not yours, and I'll tell you what to do. So every year, it's, it's a real responsibility to find out what God's saying about what to do. And this year, he spoke to me twice about getting back to the basics. Let me say that one more time. Getting back to the basics. 
And I'm going to share several things here this morning. We're limited, as I said, on time. But we need to learn how to get back to the basics. And we're going to talk about those. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 37. I'm not going to read verse 37. I'll read the last phrase in verse 37. Peter preached to them, and they said, What shall we do? Verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now he started out by saying repent. Let me just tell you that I, I was thinking sitting here, uh, I, I went to a Methodist church growing up. My mother ran the Methodist church. My daddy ran the church of God. My family are leaders. They've always been leaders. And, uh, but anyway, I went to Methodist church. I went to Church of God Revival, and Beth Ellis was preaching the revival. That was the man that eventually led the music for Roy, uh, Earl, Earl Roberts. But anyway, Beth Ellis was preaching. The Holy Ghost fell. My daddy, sitting right next up to me, jumped up and started speaking in tongues. God spoke to me and said, Max, I love you. I want to save you, and I want you to preach my gospel. I ran outside as fast as I could. When I got out there, the preacher's son was out there, and a couple more people are now dead. They've gone on to be with the, oh, well, I don't know. What, all of them went on. They're dead. They're not alive anymore. But anyway, I stuck my fist up in the face of God, and I said, God, you leave me alone. Well, he did for about 14 or 15 more years, but then he got after me again. Thank God he did. Amen. And I, I an independent Baptist, a bald-headed independent Baptist led me to the Lord. And I like to say that because the glory of God was shining off that guy. I mean, God was on him. He had gone to a minister's meeting that day, and he came back. He was complaining. Man, those people wearing those backward collars and collars and uh, collars. That's what, we, that's what we eat in Greenville. <laughs> those backward collars, they were talking about drinking drinks. And boy, I mean, I mean, he was just putting them down, talking about how bad they were. Well, I was lost, as about as lost as you get. I wasn't as lost as you get, but I knew that you're a Christian. You're not supposed to be doing those things they were talking about. And I needed that kind of person to stir me up, amen. And finally, he started talking like a preacher does and doesn't know when to stop. After a while, I said, well, how, what must I do to be saved? And he told me. He told me this, and I want you to write this down and think about it. He said, I said, preacher, I, I, he, I said, how do I get saved? He said, don't you know how to be saved? I said, no. I'd never even, I'd forgotten about when I was 14. I'd been living like the devil ever since then. And I, uh, Mama asked me when I was going to Methodist Church, she said, Mama, when can I stop going to church? And she said, when you get 16. Of course, she thought I'd never get 16. Now I'm 76 years young, amen. <laughs> it happens, you keep living. But anyway, when I quit going to church, I, I, never, I never went back. I, I saw nothing in church that I wanted. But anyway, I never prayed. I was arrogant, full of myself, and, and most friends from where I am are that way. If, anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but anyway, he said, could you, I said, I don't know how to pray. He said, would you like to follow me in a prayer? I said, yes. Here's what he prayed. Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Save me and take me to heaven when I die. I prayed that simple prayer. Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Save me and take me to heaven when I die. And I want you to know in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I was born again. I was a new person. I mean, I was brand new. It's like a grand piano was lifted off my back. It's like that house lifted full of light. And man, I drove home that night 
I was, I was in Titusville, Florida. I drove home, and I couldn't hardly hold my car on the road. I mean, I was, I'll, I'll just tell you a little. But anyway, I couldn't hardly hold my car on the road, and a guy had been witnessing to me and giving me a Bible when the Lord spoke to me from the Bible. But anyway, I told him his name's Robert. I said, Robert, Robert, I got saved last night, praise God. And when I drove home, I couldn't hardly hold my car on the road. I was weaving like I was drinking. He said, bless God, you got filled with the Holy Spirit too. Amen. Well, I got Baptist filled with the Spirit. I didn't get Pentecostal filled with the Spirit. <laughs> but that, that hindered me from entering into more later on. So listen, folks, God's got more for all of us than we know. We just need to be open to God. We need to be open to God like we've never, ever been open to God because God's doing something in this last generation. We're living in a time now where he wants us to take us back to our first love. He wants us to share the love of God with everywhere we go. He wants us to be the, the uh, evangelists, and he wants us to be witnesses like there's never, ever been a time. Amen. And, and when I saw that girl look like my granddaughter, she's she really brilliant. I think she gets it from her daddy. She doesn't get it from our side. But anyway, uh, it's amazing how God wants to take everybody where they are. We're living in a time, what I was really saying was, it's amazing when you grow up in one culture, that's how you understand things. That's, what, that's how you think. And to get out of one culture into another culture, uh, there's a lot of disagreement about the way people talk about things because they see things differently. God's trying to open us up so we can see good in every culture so that we can start learning from one another and growing in God and becoming all he wants us to be. Back to, I was not a Pentecostal. I'd never seen anybody receive the Holy Spirit. And I'd never, I didn't, I'd know, I knew nothing about Pentecostal talk other than that one meeting that I attended. So in the last year, God has been showing me things that I'd never seen before. I've been listening to, I go to the gym. I'm in the best shape I've been in in 40 years of my life. I go to the gym three times a week. I eat right. I pray right. I go to the right people. I'm, I'm in the best shape because I went through five years of hell, falling apart. won't tell you about that, but my point is because I learned I need to eat right. I need nutrients in my body. I need to exercise. I need to do those things. I'm telling you, God's getting us ready. My father just died March the 20th. He was 98 years young. 98. And, and, and he was always smarter than me. He could outrun me, outdo whatever. But anyway, my point is God is letting some people live longer so that we can extend and establish his kingdom all over the world. It's about his kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's not a matter of your age. I'm telling you something. It's where you are right now. He wants to use you today to witness to somebody. Last night we went to Applebee's on the way back. And as soon as I saw the guy, his name was Matthew. Well, that's all. That's for me, man. I, Matthew's my favorite book in the Bible. Well, we had a great time of witness. I don't, it's Matthew, you in here this morning. He said he's going to try. You know how. You, listen, that's a lot of people going to hell. They said, I'm going to see you Sunday. You don't see them. <laughs> but anyway, my point is we had a good witness with him. God wants us to take every opportunity to tell about his love and to his plan for their lives. God loves everybody, and he's got a wonderful plan for his life. We had two prophecies, and both prophecies fit in this message if I ever get to it. So, so anyway, here Peter said, repent, uh, be water baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't have time to preach what I want to preach. I'm going to preach some more that he's given me. But these are three things here. And the Lord said, we need to get back to the basics. 
Now, when I was saved, I was saved in the Independent Baptist Church, and I went to Adrian Rogers Church. Adrian Rogers has been gone five years, but he's still on the radio and television every week. I love him. One of the greatest preachers of redemption in the world, but he knows nothing about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, God poured his spirit out on Jamie Buckingham down in Maryland, Florida, and people began to leave his church. So for seven months, he preached against the Holy Spirit. And I had received a lot of wrong teaching. And I'll tell you something, you've got to learn to believe the Bible. Not what people tell you about the Bible. You need to believe the Bible. And something I've been seeing here where it says, be baptized in the name of Jesus. I've been watching a lot of Pentecostal preaching lately, and they say a lot about that. But I'm, I'm going to tell you in just a moment, there's a pattern in the Bible how that we're to be baptized and what God does when we are baptized that way. We're going to talk about that. But anyway, first of all, he said repent. Repentance has not been preached in America for at least 50 years. I'm going to say it again. Repentance has not been preached in America for at least 50. People have been so build, busy building big buildings and budgets and baptisms and, and all those things. They try to get anybody in the church they can just believe on Jesus. No, you got to repent to come into the kingdom of God. Without repentance, there's no remission of sins. Without repentance, there's no revelation. Without repentance, there's no redemption. Redemption comes through repentance. Re revelation, I mean, uh, uh, repentance brings revelation. I mean, God saved me, changed me. Now, when I was first saved, uh, I've seen Dr. Peter's uh, five books, and I, we've already got one guy in, in Africa. He's in the second book now, and I saw him. When we were first saved, you couldn't go to the bookstore and buy all the stuff you can buy today. You'd buy a book, he'd give you scripture, you'd have to look them up, which I think's good, amen. So anyway, we, the B-I-B-L-E, I believe the Bible, amen. I went to seminary to learn the Bible, amen. I preach the Bible. I don't preach a Reader's Digest or anything else. I preach the Bible. We've got a, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But I'm coming back to this. It is repent. You must repent. What does repent mean? Repent means turn from your wicked ways, from your glory, from your selfishness, from your stupidity, from your sins to God. Jesus said the repentance of a kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils you freely you receive. I'm telling you, we've been, I'll just believe on Jesus. Let me that, that tell you, that prayer saved me because I was repentant. Amen. A lot of people pray prayers and nothing happens because they didn't repent. They were told easy believism. We're living in this time of easy believism, sloppy agape, and greasy grace. You got to repent to be born again. If you don't repent, you don't get saved. Repentance is turning from your will and your way to God's will and God's way. Amen. Amen. You got to repent or you don't get saved. I led a guy two years ago to the Lord. He's 80 years old, 80 years young. And I took him through the four spiritual laws, which I used to use, which I like. If you had repentance in it, it's okay. But anyway, I had him pray that prayer at the end. I said, does this prayer express the desire of your heart? He said, yes, it does. I said, could I pray it for you and lead you? And he said, yeah. Went through that little prayer and congratulated him for coming to know Jesus. And a week or two weeks later, he didn't come to class. We have class on Tuesday, Thursday, and, and I go on Saturday, three days a week at the gym. Anyway, I called him and I said, listen, man, I've missed you. How are you doing? He said, well, I'm feeling better. I said, well, how about how are you doing spiritually? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you prayed to ask Jesus to come to your heart. I said, have you seen any difference? He said, no, I don't think so. He didn't get saved. 
He did not repent. All he prayed was a little rinky-dink prayer that will not save you. Repentance saves you. You must repent. And we've had people, I would have 15, 16 people almost every week get into my car, I'd pick up hitchhikers. There used to be hitchhikers back in those days, but I'd, I'd say June 2nd, 1970. I'd pick them up, man, every one of them. Arthur Blessed came through Winter Park. That's where I was in Orlando. Arthur Blessed came and brought his little red stickers. Man, I had those stickers stuck on the, on the dashboard of that car, and I'd get them in there, and I'd say, what do you think about that sticker? And they, you know, they make, I, I would make them pray with me before I'd let them out of my car. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I had zeal without knowledge. Why? Because I was taught all you had to do was get them to pray. I was taught that damnable doctrine of eternal security. I want you to know that I'm eternally secure in the person of Jesus, not a doctrine. Amen. Just pray that prayer and you go, no, that prayer won't get you to heaven. You'll pray millions of prayers before you get to heaven. Amen. You got to repent. So anyway, I was told all I had to do was get them praying. I didn't know what the word repent was. Nobody said anything in repentance to me. Even though I prayed, Lord, be merciful unto me, what? A sinner. And God saved me. But my point was God saved me in my ignorance, and he saved a lot of folks in there, but not many people have repented. I would say that the church is our biggest, uh, our biggest prospecting ground. Why? Because these churches are full of people who have come to know, come to the Lord or come to the church and never repented so they've never been born again. You've got to be born again. And you can't be born again without repentance. So what I'm saying repentance is, is turning from your glory, your will, and your way. The Lord's Prayer says, come thy kingdom, be done thy will. So the first thing you've got to do is repent, turn from your will, from your way. See, when we're taught that you just can be saved and do anything, that's a lie straight out of hell. When you get saved, you don't want to do the things you used to do. They are vomiting. I'll tell you what, I smoked from the time I was 14 years old. I was smoking those stinking camel cigarettes. They stunk. They were burning my body up. And I got saved, and I knew it was wrong, and I got off of them. Thank God in a week I was delivered. And then I'd go to some place where they're smoking. I couldn't stand that stinking stuff. I'm not preaching against cigarettes. I'm just trying to tell you that when you get born again, he changes you from the inside out. Or you didn't get saved. Yes, I'm saved. Amen. Yes, I'm sanctified. Yet I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because I pay the price. Amen. My point is we got to get back to the basics. And I'm not saying we got to beat them over the head with repentance. We got to make them know that it's about turning from their will to God's will, turning from their way to God's way, turning from their glory and their goodness to God's glory and His goodness. That's salvation, and that's when you're born again. You got it? We got to get back to the basics. And the best time to get back is when you're first presented with the gospel. Because when people are hungry and ready, as a matter of fact, I've got to do this. I was preaching in uh, Ghana, where's it, uh, South, Af South, uh, South America. Uh, anyway, I, I, we had a graduation, I had 36 graduate, the doctor and his wife, he was our medical doctor, they got their doctor's degree, and I preached the, the, the service for them, and as I was preaching, I preached from, I got to just slow down and say this quickly, get off of it, but anyway, I was preaching out of uh, Luke 4, 18, 19. Luke 4, 18, 19 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captive, 
the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's God's pattern to witness. We're looking for two types of people. We're looking for hungry people and we're looking for hurting people. That's it. We're not looking for the arrogant and the proud and the stubborn and the stupid. We're not looking for those who know it all. Just say, I love you and turn around and leave them. Don't argue and fuss with them, fight with them. Oh, I've done, every, I've, I've done about everything. I'm a, I'm a good teacher because I can teach you from my mistakes. Amen. <laughs> I've learned a lot of things the hard way. That's the hardest way. And I'm telling you something. We are called to minister to the hungry and to the hurting. So wherever you go, look for those who are hungry and open, number one, and look for those who are hurting and pray for them if they're sick in Jesus' name. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take authority over serpents and scorpions and drinking daily things. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It is us who's supposed to be doing the work. It's about us going and doing the work, not about just the preachers doing it. Most preachers are so busy studying their little rinky-dink messages, they never go. They've just preached a bunch of intellectual trash, most of them that don't have the Holy Ghost. Good preaching, brother. <laughs> Peter said, repent. Number two, be baptized in the name of Jesus for remission of sin. Number three, receive the gift. That's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's manifest by speaking in tongues. Kolamba shela handa. You say, Max, what do you say? I don't know. I'm talking to God. <laughs> he, he that speaks an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God. Amen. There's, there, I, have, I know 21 benefits speaking in tongues. That's another message. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, that we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to be, share the love of God with people. We've got to share the power of God with people. I mean, they're hurting all over the world, especially right here in this area. Everybody's hurting over something. If they're open, they can hear. If they're not, they're not going to hear. Just don't argue with them. Just keep on going. And I, the young lady, I don't know where she went, looks just like my granddaughter. She's, uh, she's very intellectual. I mean, she thinks so different than me, it's not even funny. But she has a, a good spirit. But my point is she can witness to people and she can witness the love of God and the power of God to people and they can be saved. Everybody's got certain groups or any. God wants each of them people to witness to people in their groups. God is trying to call us as the church to begin to be those witnesses we've been called to be. And the reason why we don't do it is because we, we're supposed to go and preach the gospel. We just don't go. That's one of the basic things, right? Go. And thank God for the preachers who do study and have good messages. But pe preachers are so busy uh, studying that they're not going. You got to go. You can't say this about this man right here. I'm to this man goes. This man goes. Why? Because he knows what his gifts are. See, we've all got different gifts, and we all need to learn what they are, and we all need to learn how to use them so people can be impacted by God. Our seminary, we teach courses that impact people. When I graduated from Luther Ryan Seminary in Great Jacksonville, Florida, I was a Pharisee. I was also a high school dropout. I, I, I quit school and went in the Army. Thank God they made me go to school when I was in the Army to take GD tests. Thank God for it. But I threw away my high school education. Threw it away, Period. Because I was so busy learning to, to do the things you are when you're in the Army, you know, <laughs> learning to live in another country.
culture and out of a culture. But anyway, my point was when I got saved, I was going to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. When I got saved, I got rich in Jesus. I got rich and I couldn't wait to tell him, tell other people about him. I thought everybody was looking for Jesus. Well, it depends on where they are in their life. If they're hungry and hurting, it's a good time to share the love of God with them. If they're not, just don't buy, they're not, the fruit's not right. Just leave, the, leave, a, leave them on a tree. And let somebody else pick them when they get hungry and hurting. Well, go back to uh, uh, Matthew 28, please. Matthew 28. Let me just tell you something. I got a pretty head of hair, and I don't like wearing hats, but that's, but that's part of what we do in graduation. I can feel this thing hot on my head. Matthew. <laughs> Honestly, when I, I started working with Jacksonville Theological Seminary in 2001, we started two schools, one in Raleigh and one in Greenville in 2001. And we were able to get this seminary in 2008. And uh, when we did, because I was against all this formalist stuff and I was against all this stuff that I thought was unnecessary and foolish, so for two years we didn't have, we'd have graduation, but we wouldn't have, we'd do degrees, but we wouldn't do robes. But I'll tell you, I found out a lot of folks want those robes and they want, it, they want to bring their family, they want it to look good, so but we make it look good. We found out that's our harvest time then, amen, because <laughs> you can't hardly get them pay any other way. <laughs> so when they want that degree, they pay their bills, amen, so praise God. Now, now we learn, now we learn, boy, it's good to look good. <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to do it right so that people, I mean, listen, everybody, I'm here today to honor this man. I'm here today to honor this man. I'm here today to just tell you what an awesome man of God he, I mean, now this man, a little younger than me, uh, at least 10 years younger than me, and, uh, but, but anyway, he's got a lot more wisdom than I had. He learned to hear God and do it instead of just doing it and learning it. He did it wrong, amen. You've got a pastor here, not perfect, but a pastor here who's learned with, by seeking God first and getting the mind of God and then doing it, amen. You've got a man who you can follow here, Amen. I, I, I teach my students what I've learned the hard way so they don't have to repeat and waste all the time I've wasted. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus said, he came and said unto them, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the ends of the world. Now, first of all, we're supposed to go, amen? Y'all, uh, do you know that? Do you know that you were saved so you could go? The church ought to be equipping and preparing us to go out and share the love of God. In Acts chapter 1, it says all that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, my daddy, uh, he made us think, and he would tell us what to do, but he never showed us how to do it, which was because he wanted it perfect, I wanted it done. We didn't have a good relationship, among other things. But uh, it's our job to, I, I went to Florida, Jan, uh, J- I went to Jacksonville, Florida last June the 2nd, or June the first, first week in June, last year, or year before last, the year you graduated, I guess, uh, Rob. Anyway, I, I got a hold of some teaching by Torben Synagogue on the, the Last Reformation. I recommend you write that down, Last Reformation. You go and watch that, watch that movie he's got, then watch the first lesson, and you'll find out what's wrong with the church. 
we've institutionalized everything instead of going out like we're supposed to. Amen. You, everybody needs to watch that. Well, anyway, and we, we, got a, we got a school that began to talk that. And, man, we, we had the best graduation this year we've ever had. But anyway, I went out and learned how to go out on the street and witness. And I went down there, and I wasn't satisfied with the, uh, with the results I had or how things happened. And so I actually started a school of ministry starting the first week in July, which was July 4th weekend. And we took them out. Uh, I taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and several things. I had Dr. A.L. Gill teach on the Holy Spirit. And we took them out. And I had two people with me had gone to the meeting, so that we broke into three teams. And so we went out there. And they, we had a nice lunch in the, in the, you know, in the eating place in the thing, and, and they took off, and I'm sitting there thinking I've got the biggest group. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to do this? I've never really done this before. Let me tell you what I, I experienced: a spirit of fear, which is a spirit of timidity. It was hard for me, and I am an outgoing person. It was hard for me to approach somebody and ask them if there's something we could do for them, pray for them minister to them is something wrong with them that we could do it was hard for me to do that and the first guy I went to and he he, he looked like he's sick so I said well I'm at least gonna go to this guy and everybody else followed me over there turned out he had Parkinson turned out his church had just split that day and he loved the pastor and loved the people and I, I learned God hadn't sent us out to pray for all the problems but God has sent us out to pray for the sick and cast out devils amen and get them saved and delivered. But anyway, after we talked and prayed for this church, I, I could tell he was shaking. He had, he had Parkinson. And so anyway, he had knots on his arms. He said, yes, I've got knots on my arm. Will you pray for me? And I, walked, I went out with a cane. I want you to know that I'm healed, I'm whole, from the top of my head to my soles to the tips of my toes. First Peter 2.24 said I was, and if I was, then I am. I am healed standing up here. Yes, i got a cane for balance, but I'm healed, and I'm expecting the manifestation to come forth from my healing in Jesus' name. And it's really, it's really given me more strength to witness with a cane. They said, what's wrong? Yeah, I said, you know, I had some back operation and so on and so forth. I said, but I'm healed. I'm walking it out. I'm more healed than I was yesterday. And one day it's going to happen. I've already, I've already got it in my heart and God's working it out of me. I mean, I use that to witness and teach them how to, but anyway, uh, I closed my eyes when I prayed for them because of my old ways of praying. And I had a cameraman with me and I had three other people. Had a, a girl that really had the anointing with her, on her. Anyway, I prayed for him. And as I prayed for him, the lumps went down. Oh, they started, they started, the guy on the camera started, they prayed, God, look at what's going on. Well, anyway, it was hard to minister to that first person. Boy, after that, it was a spirit of fear. It was a spirit of intimidation. See, we're intimidated. Break through it, kick it in the butt, and go on and do it in Jesus' name. Yeah, the brother, that brother right there talking about tithe and all that. Well, just obey God. Come on, just wake up and obey God. That's all you got to do. I don't care what it is, what, how big or how bad or how little, just obey God and God will bless you. That's how God works. Just go do what God's called you to do. And I, that, that spirit of intimidation had me fearful. Boy, by the time that day was over, I was right, I mean, I was bold, having a great time. It did take me about three weeks going out before I had the real freedom, get over all those things that you have when you start going out. 
But I'm telling you, God wants us to go, and he wants us to take people with him. And, and I, I, in the church that I used to be in, the preacher would go, bless God, I'm the shepherd, and you're the sheep. I'm expecting you to get off your butts and get out of the street and win somebody to Jesus. Well, listen, shepherd, you're supposed to go out and do it yourself and teach them how to do it. Don't be telling them to do something you're not doing. This is going out of the right way. How many arrogant, loud-mouthed preachers are you put their people down for not doing what they're doing. They've never done it. They don't, they haven't. Yeah, I'm responsible to learn it so I can teach you to do it. Freely I've received, now freely I can give. Let me just tell you, I told those people, if they would go out with me, within six months they would be working, walking in power. By the fourth month, every, every person, by the fourth month going out at least once a week, by the fourth month, everybody we prayed for was delivered from pain. Everybody. But in the beginning, nobody, they thought we were worse than Jehovah's Witnesses or worse than Mormons. They were, they were what, what are you doing out here praying? Well, that's because we don't go out and pray for people like we ought to. Jesus said, go out and heal the sick there and say, the kingdom of heaven has come nigh unto thee. And after the fourth month, everybody, now I've got this, this uh, cane today because of the operation, a major operation I had, and the pain was killing me. I mean, I had to take three big old pills every three hours, and if I missed three hours, I mean, I couldn't hardly bear with the pain that I was going through. So I submitted to that back operation. Well, I should have fought it off and been healed and walked out my healing in Jesus' name. You can lose your faith, baby. Yes, you can. You got to get around where faith is preached and where God moves to have more faith. And listen, again, back, I'm, I'm going to, you're in a church I loved, and I will say this now, I love the way the beginning of the service. I love people coming down to the front. I love the two messages in tongues. I love that. You're in a place where you can have freedom and have re spiritual relationships and grow together. Because the world, it, it is hard out there. It's not easy out there. People don't want to hear much of what we got to say anymore. And it's because we had not been out there saying it. Everybody's looking for God. They just don't know what they're looking for. We got to go get them. Amen. Don't say come to church. No, go get them and bring them in. Jesus said go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. After four months, and I'm telling you, I could, we, we, we knew when we did it. We went to a flea market on Sunday. We'd go to church and we'd go straight to that flea market. And we had about an hour and a half to witness. And, and the first people that we asked if we could pray for them, Every, all of them said yes. We couldn't believe it because we'd gotten a lot of people saying, no, what are you doing out here? You know, they look at you like you're weird. You got to get over that stuff, baby, because you are weird as you love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He calls, he calls peculiar people, amen. Man, you got to get bold in God. But anyway, that day, the first eight people we prayed for, all of them had pain, all of them were done. Now, let me do, I do say, they didn't all get rid of all their symptoms, but they all got delivered from their pain. And then the ninth person we prayed for, they said, ah, oh, we don't want your prayer. Well, that's okay. Tenth we prayed for, God touched them. That's because we kept on going. Yeah, I tell you, you learn by doing. I've got 10,633 uh, uh, contacts on LinkedIn. I am a computer worse than a novice. But I've been doing it and doing it and doing it until I've learned. You learn, yes, it's good to go and learn, to go, but you learn by doing things, not by just reading about them, not just by talking about them, but by doing them. He said, get back to the what? Basics, go. The next thing he said, make disciples, not decisions. Uh, yeah, that's another subject.
third one, he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. This is the New Testament pattern. You know, getting back to easy believism, and I'm just telling you, I was in a church, Adrian baptized 500 people a year, had a lot of people make decisions. But you have to baptize 500 to keep 100. They didn't get saved. Amen. If you repent and you turn to Jesus, he saves you. If you don't like him, go on. He'll let you go. He'll let the devil kill you. (laughs) And then when you say, yes, Lord, I want to know you. The Lord said, come on, son. Come on. Come on. My point. I I forgot my point. Anyway, baptize the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. I have been reading and listening to, I, 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 I begin, I'm in the gym for two and a half hours on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. I, my daughter works for U.S. Cellular. I don't know what you got around here or not. And she gives me a free phone. And I listen to, I listen, I've been listening to Shambach. I told Shambach the best preacher I ever heard in my life. Man, could that Shambach preach. Woo, glory to God. And I've been listening to A.A. Allen. I've been, I saw Oral Roberts the other day talking about his, what, what, anyway. I, it's just amazing what I'm learning. But I've been listening to the other side, the side that I wasn't a part of. Every group has their own terminology and has these things their own way. But it's about knowing God and living led by the Spirit of God. Let's stop rejecting everything everybody else says and start listening and looking and learning what the Bible's really teaching. Because I was taught about eternal security, I believed it because I was taught it. Every Wednesday night, my wife and I were sitting out, Adrian Rogers and George, they loved me because I was a soul winner. <laughs> soul winner. <laughs> They did love me because of the, the results I was bragging on. I don't know, not many of them got saved, but they just prayed a prayer. Especially those who I wouldn't let them pray until, until they get out of the car. I picked up the hitchhikers, oh God. But you see, when I found Jesus, I thought everybody's looking for Jesus. I promise you, everybody's not looking at Jesus until they get hurting or hungry. They get hurt and they start getting open. Oh, I know people, I don't believe in healing. Well, let them get really good and sick and watch happen. They start looking for somebody to help them, amen. You can throw all the money you got in the world away and go to the doctors. Thank God for them thank, because they're like good mechanics. I mean, I wouldn't be here today without them because of the different things that still I need to walk out or, or have the manifestation of them. My point is uh, God can do anything. Any, no, doctor, no doctor can do anything that God can do. We look to God. God's our healer. God's our source. God's everything. We've got to learn to focus on the Word of God and who God is, and He will help us to have and be all He wants us to have and be. Amen. So I've become more open to the radical Pentecostal side, and I begin to wonder about just baptizing in the name of Jesus. Let me just tell you, Matthew is the pattern for discipleship. Baptizing in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you, if you don't believe, if you believe just baptized in the name of Jesus, that's good enough. Well, it is good enough. You can be saved that way, but you don't know what God the Father did for you. Nobody, our problem is we don't know what God did for us. That's the problem in the church today. They don't have any God identity. They think, they think they're worthless. Listen, people are worthless. They're sinners. They fall short. Nobody's perfect. But you get born again, God loves you, God accepts you, God changes you, and you start down that path, that journey for which you've been created. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. So I was baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, 
and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm finishing with this. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me recap basically where we are so you don't get lost in all my preaching here. Ephesians chapter 1. First of all, we talked about repentance. You've got to repent. Repentance is the first step of obedience unto God and to other people. You've got to repent. And, and when, did they, when, did they, when did they get baptized in the New Testament? When did they get baptized? The very day they were saved. We need to have the baptismal pool open or a river or a creek or something and baptize them that day. Because when they're baptized, it begins to work Whatever, it's, well, it's just like getting married. Thank God uh, I was married uh, September 5th in 1970, 47 years ago. My wife's going to get great, great rewards in heaven for putting up with me. <laughs> but anyway, we're married and we're still married and we're going to be married. Because we believe God, we love each other, even though we're neither perfect and neither do right all the time. Whenever you're born again, you are born again. God saves you from the inside, and you're starting your path of discipleship. And God saves you and changes you from glory to glory. And whenever you're water baptized, you're, be, you're being placed in that watery grave and being leaving that old man in the watery grave and being raised in a newness of life. We had a girl in our church. Her name was Sarah. She had been kicked out of five other churches. She had that... Uh, disease where she couldn't grow hair and she was overweight her mama spoiled her rotten and so she couldn't get along with people especially authority and she came to our church we love everybody and so we took her in and she really got saved and she said pastor max i want you to water baptize me and, and i did i took her down to a river uh, in our area and anyway i said now listen sarah i said when i baptize you I want you to know that you are leaving that person, that old Sarah, in that watery grave, and you're being risen unto newness of life. That's what happens when you're water baptized. You, I don't, I'm not talking about baptismal regeneration. The Holy Ghost changes you from the inside out. You're safe, but you need to, you need to put that old flesh, that old man in that, bear, in that grave, bury him down there and leave him there. That's what it's about. It's about the picture of what God did for you. I want you to know <laughs> Let me just, uh, we are first baptized in the name of the Father. That shows that we are brought into the Father's family whereby we inherit all of his spiritual blessings. Let me read this again. When we are baptized in the name, name of the Father, that shows that we are brought into the Father's family whereby we inherit his spiritual blessings. Now, the reason why I'm coming doing this is because the two prophecies we have relate to this. Look in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Now, I did go to seminary to learn how to study, and I did learn how to study. And I went to seminary to learn the Bible, and I did learn the Bible. See, I was a high school dropout. I would not learned anything. And when I got saved, I, I, I wanted to go to school to learn the Bible. And I tell you, I went to a good school that really believed that the Bible was the Bible, except for a few things. <laughs> Amen. And so anyway, I learned to study, and I saw this a long time ago. Verse 3 says, chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Verse 3 is Paul singing a hymn of praise unto the Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings 
in heavenly places. See, we don't know who we are. We don't know what God's done for us. And we don't know what God wants to do in us and through us. we got to wake up. And that's why we need to be baptized in the name of the Father. There's seven things here the Father did for us that we get into. I'm just going to know them. Not going to preach them all, but I had a daddy who was, uh, he was never going to be poor, so he worked all the time. He owned filling station. He'd get up 4 o'clock in the morning. He'd come on about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, eat and take a nap and go back and stay till 9, 10 o'clock at night. Never saw him. I couldn't please him. So we had no relationship at all. So, but God saved me. God the Father has never criticized me. He has convicted me. He's changed me from glory to glory. I have a relationship with my Father who's in heaven. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father whose art in heaven, hallowed it be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I still pray through the Lord's Prayer every day. I've learned the basic principles in there, but my point is I have a relationship with God and my Father. God loves me. My wife is so much like my daddy, except she's a woman. She wants things done right. I want them done, man. I got so much work to do, something got to get done. I just get things started. So other folks got to finish where they don't get finished because I've got so much stuff going on. I mean, I, I'm a product of this, this, this era that we're living in. Nobody's worked as hard as we're working right now. Nobody's had so much to do as we have to do now. I mean, I preach three times, at least three times a week in Pakistan on my laptop computer in Green, from Greenville, North Carolina. Three times a week I'm preaching in Pakistan. I'm preaching in Africa. On Thursday night, I'm preaching all over the world on webinars. Man, I am busy. Amen. Because there's never been a time like we're living in today. I mean, God's running. Things are running out of time. Amen. And if we don't reach them now, and if we don't get people trained now and get people doing what they ought to do, he'll never come back. It's up to us to do what we're supposed to do. Come on. Number one. Paul was singing, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Verse 4 says, verse 4, read it. It says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So God chose us. Now, uh, uh, Steve was talking about what a good football player he was. I was a good baseball player. I had an uncle who was a, a pitcher, and he got called into the army, so he lost his good years in the army in the Second World War. He loved me, and he taught me things, and, and I loved to preach. I, to preach. I, I didn't love to preach. I loved to preach. I, did, I loved to catch. I was a catcher, and then I went and played first base. But anyway, we had, we had quarter horses. We raised quarter horses. We had the three of the fastest quarter horses in the state. We had three state champions. And guess who trained them? I did. Guess who groomed them? I did. Guess who cleaned out their stalls? I did. Guess who fed the dogs? I did. Guess who fed the other animals? We had black Angus animals, good ones, and we were, we were preparing them to groom them. I did it. I was daddy's only slave. <laughs> I thank God I did then. But my point was, boy, that didn't help me love my daddy. I wanted to play baseball. I was good. Listen, God chose me. I was always chosen right at the first. You were chosen, every one of you. I don't care whether you're skinny or fat, dumb or stupid. I don't care where you are. God loves you. God chose you before the whole. And that's what the second prophecy said. God loved you before the foundation world. God chose you in his family. He loves you. Now you've got to respond to get in his family. So number one, God loves you. God chose you. Number two is in verse four, 5. Having predestinated us unto the adopting of children, our sons, by Jesus Christ to himself according to good pleasure. So number one, he chose us. Number two, he, he, 
He adopted us. The guy who was my, I started church in Wilson, North Carolina, came to Greenville. This man ended up dying of uh, esophagus cancer. But he was, he, was, uh, he was adopted in that family. He, whenever his mother died, he got a big inheritance. But he let his son buy a Corvette. He wrecked that thing, tore it up, and let him buy another Corvette. All that money he had, he threw it away on his son. Entitlement. But my point is that that man did it because he felt like he had to show his love through money instead of showing his love as his dad. And I am four square. I haven't attended much since I got to seminary. Don't have time. That's an excuse. But, but, but anyway, I love four square. I love the pastors. I love them. I'm accepted. I have a voice. I speak. They call me and ask me. I pastor pastors. That's what I do. I want you to know that I was adopted into God's family. I was also adopted into four square. I like, I see when you get born again, you're born into God's family. So you are adopted, God adopted. God the Father, we were baptized in the name of the Father. He chose you before the world began. He adopted you as sons in his family. And let me tell you what, he loves you so much, he's not going to leave you the way you are. Yesterday, the, the waiter, I mentioned his name, got to say anything about him other than he had a lot of hang-ups. He hadn't grown up. He said a lot of things. I don't see that. I used to be that same way. I see the potential in that man. I, th I see somebody needs to love him and spend time with him and teach him the right way instead of the wrong way, or he'll never do any better than what he's doing right now. That's what God's called us to see the potential people and spend time with them and love them and encourage them and get them growing in their gifting so they can be fulfilled in their life and be fruitful in God's kingdom. That's what our call is. We have been adopted as children. The third one, verse uh, 6, to the praise of his glorious grace wherein we have been made accepted in the, his beloved family. First of all, I was chosen. Second of all, I was adopted. Thirdly, I was accepted. Listen, I, I think the hardest thing in the world is rejection. We're living in time where, where, where marriages don't last half very long. Because children are so spoiled nowadays, we've not brought them up right. We've not trained them like the Bible says, amen. They get married and they can't put, live with another person. Well, that's because they don't live by obedience and faith. <laughs> I, when I got married, I got married until the end. Just like my salvation. I, I was saved, I am saved, and one day I will be saved. That's how salvation operates. My point is, we're living in a time where there's more rejection than anything. I could have, because that guy yesterday, he wasn't... Uh, he had a lot of lacking things. I could have rejected, but I didn't reject him. It made me want to reach out to him more. Did you hear what I said? Because God accepted me. God accepts you. God loves you. He loves you just right where you are, just like you are. I'm talking about this is what you were baptized in the Father. He chose you. He adopted you. Thirdly, he accepted you in his beloved family. Just the way you are, just like you are. This is God's love. Woo! Man, this is what, when you got saved, this is what God gave you. You've got to open up, see in the Word of God, believe it, receive it, and start walking it out in your life. Woo, he accepted me as brother. The fourth one is verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. I just looked up and saw the clock. So we've been redeemed. You know what it means to be redeemed? We've been bought back from the hand of the devil. Woo, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Man, I'm not the same guy. 
I'm not the same guy I used to be. My mama died. She was 84 when she died. She got diabetes. She got it when she was 70. She had two strokes, two strokes. The last one killed her. I wish my mama was alive today so she could see my growth. Now, my mama liked me, loved me the way I was. <laughs> Nobody else did. <laughs> but mama loved me the way I was. I wish she was alive today. Oh, I know she sees from heaven. One day I was praying about something, and I saw my granddaddy up on heaven praying. He got up and said, he got it, Grandma, you can stop praying. So I, know, I know my mama's probably up there praying for me now. And I, and I, know, I know mama's proud of me. And I, I know Adrian Rogers probably said, preach on, Max, about the Holy Ghost. Preach it. I, I didn't know it. And I, I was blind to it. And I, and I fought it. But you, you got it. You see it. Preach on the Holy Ghost. You preach it on. I bet you Adrian said that, Max. Preach it on in Jesus' name. My enemy is not the Baptist. It's not the Pentecostal. It's not the My enemy is the devil. We got to stop fighting people and start fighting the devil. We got some, some stuff we know and we can give it away if they want it. If they don't want it, they can't have it. Number one, we were chosen. Number two, we were adopted. Number three, we're accepted. Number four, we were redeemed. Woo! Oh, the devil comes up and says, you sorry thing. You see, because my mother, my, not my mother, my mother loved me. Because my daddy wanted it right. Because my wife wants it right. One time I mowed the yard. We're out working. We, I mowed the yard. And then I don't like blowing the yard off. I don't like doing the weed-eating mess. I just like to do it. Riding the lawnmower. Well, after that, I got the weed eater. And, I, and my wife has a beautiful, we have a beautiful yard. <laughs> I was her slave for a long time. And now, now she's working for me. <laughs> But anyway, I went over there and did the weed in that thing, and, and my wife had gone inside, and she kept it shut. She said, what did you do? <laughs> what do you mean? She said, you realize what you did? I said, no. I said, I, I weeded that mess of grass over there. She said, you destroyed it. Well, that's when I learned my wife wants it done right, and I want it done. And that's because she got in two weeks of depression over there. After that, I said, listen, I'll make a deal with you. I'll do the hard stuff. You do the easy stuff. See, the details are easy for her. For me, they're hard. Two things make me nervous. One, being late. I don't like being late. And two, I don't like details. I love people who love details because you can help me. I need you. I need you badly. I, I, nobody's ever put this hood on for me. But in just a few minutes, we're going to have, the, we're gonna have a, a Rob and uh, Jennifer come up here and put their hood. They, how did I do it? I don't know. Let's just do it and find out. See, you do it. You learn it by doing it. I got three ladies that have been doing it now for six years, and they are good. Oh, man. They get up. They come up there, and they put that hood on, and those women get that thing looking perfect. And then they come to me, and I give them a degree. Oh, I mean, it's so good. It's such a formal thing. I love it. I didn't used to love it. But my point is God has people who are detailed, and he has people who just get it done. Don't be complaining about either one of them. Just find out where you fit and start doing it in Jesus' name. Come on. The next one is that he's known and he's let us know the mystery of his will, and that's about his return. The next one is that he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the next one is we have, we have his inheritance. On Sunday, three weeks ago, Sunday morning, I was prepared to preach some of this. And uh, as soon as we started, the Holy Spirit really impressed me. He said, I, anybody today that's got any problem at all in their physical body, I said, I'll pray for you right now. I prayed for everybody there. 
because I was given them their inheritance. Jesus took my infirmities and carried my sicknesses, and by his stripes he's said, it's already been done. He's already done it all. It's all done. Jesus has done it all. We just have to enter into what he's done by faith. Obey and receive it. I'm, in, I'm up here preaching. I don't have much palace, but I mean, I, I, didn't, I mean, it doesn't stop me from coming and going. I had to go on three airplanes to get here yesterday, and then I rode in with Eric here, man. I'm telling you. I went to bed at 10 o'clock and woke up at 4.30. Dear God, I was wide awake and ready to go. I knew what I was going to preach on today because I tell you, God's called me to preach and encourage people and shake them up and get them going in the right direction. I mean, God, you need to know what God's built you for. What you're called, everybody's not called to preach. Amen. Number one, he chose us. Number two, he adopted us. Number three, accepted us, beloved. Number four, he redeemed us. Number five, he's let us know what the mystery of his will is. That's him coming back, everything. And number six is he's given us inheritance. Part of our inheritance is his healing. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The punishment of his peace is upon me. And by his stripes, I was and I am healed. Number seven, he saved me sanctified me and sealed me with the Holy Spirit of promise that I'm going to get at the end. I was saved. I'm being saved. And one day I will be saved. One day I'll come back, come back and preach it on. These are the things that God has prepared for us. And this is what, when we're baptized in the name of the Father, these, this is what we're entering into. You see, the body of Christ is ignorant. It does not know what God did for it. We need the book of Ephesians is the most important New Testament book in the Bible, in my opinion. We need to get in there and read it and stay and say, Lord, speak to me. Show me who I am and what you got for me. I want to do it. I want your spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, having the eyes of my understanding enlightened, so that I'll know what is the hope of my calling. So I'll know how rich I am in the heritage of the saints. So that I'll know what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me who believes. God's going to show us those three things. We're entering in for it, and God's looking for people who want to be involved. Amen. How many of you want to be involved? How many is ready? Amen. Well, glory. I don't need these notes in here. <laughs> glory. Well, glory. Uh, Brother Rob and uh, Jennifer, please come forward. Now, if we were in Greenville, uh, we would call the candidates up. And so, you that, let's do it right there. Uh, a pastor, Dorset, would you come bring your hood to uh, Rob? The hood is an, an adornment to show uh, where you are in your education. And so I want you, Rob, to put that over him, and then I'd like for Jennifer to straighten it out. Where's, where's the degree? The degree. Hey, thank you. Okay. Pastor Dorsey, would you come up here? Wow, this is mighty nice. This is a good-looking degree. Pastor, that is your ministry. Peter West Dorsey, or there's no R in there, Dorsey, I present this doctor ministry to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's yours. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Let me, let me do this last official thing. This is official. By the, by the authority of the Board of Directors of Covenant Theological Seminary and the State of North Carolina Educational Vision, I uh, want you to turn that uh, tassel from the left side to the, to the right side. Dr. Peter Dorsett, you're officially a doctor. Through our school. In Jesus' name. Thank God bless you, brother. Amen. 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 Glory. Well, bless the Lord. You know, people have asked me, how did you get where you've gotten? What have you been? How did you do what you did? I don't know. Amen. I never consider the step that I'm taking. And I never, ever acknowledge when it's done. I just find the next step, and I do it. So when people ask me, my granddaughter asked me, you know, how did you do it? How did you? I don't know. I just did one step at a time. And I learned to have faith in God. And I learned to trust God as my absolute single, single foundation of my source. And I learned that by one of the great friends I had in Dr. Oral Roberts. And I learned from Dr. T.L. Osborne that I was a man of seed. I was a result of what had seeded in me, and people were a result of what I would seed in you. And when I met him last time at Dr. Roberts' funeral, he said, Peter, every seed you've sown will bring forth fruit. And Brother Shambach was a great man that just instructed me and believed in me. He would call me before I was going into crusades and saying, Peter, I want to pray for you. God's going to use you. And later in the years of his life, in the twilight years, we did crusades together. And I cannot thank those men enough or their families. And a great friend of mine that was a part of my life and my mentorship was Dr. Joseph Martin. And uh, he's in Norway now, but he was a friend. I followed him around the world and I learned a lot of things about miracles and signs and wonders. And above all that, Jesus called me to himself. In some way, he empowered me and enabled me to stay the course. I couldn't have done it on my own. But he gave me a hunger and a thirst, and he gave me a great prayer partner, Calvin Schneider. For 25 years, we prayed together. And uh, I say thank you to all those men because out of that, this has come to pass. And all of you that have stayed with us and worked with us and are faithful, loyal, I just considered it a privilege to be your pastor. And so thank you for being with us. Thank you for all that you've done. God bless you.
you're in here today and you may believe in God, but you've never really repented. You've never really say, come thy kingdom, be done thy will. You've never really given up your life to the Lord. If you're here today, you could have been going to church all your life, but you never repented. If you're here today, God wants you to repent. Turn from your will, your way, turn to him, and you can begin to know him in a greater dimension than you've ever learned. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Lord, thank you so much for your word. We had so much to say and cover today. I pray, Jesus, that you would just bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon each and every one here. Open our eyes, our hearts, so we can know you in a greater dimension and show you in our lives. For those who've never truly repented, they believe, but they've never turned their will and their life over to you. I pray that you would draw them to you right now, that they can know you and love you and serve you in a greater dimension. If you're one of those and you've never done that, I want you to just lift up your hand and say, Brother Max, pray for me. I want to pray for you. If you're in here today and you want to repent from the bottom of your heart and turn to Jesus, today is the day. Would you just lift up your hand and let me know? I'm not going to pull you down. I see one there. I'm not going to try to pull you down the altar. I just want to pray for you. You've heard the word of God today. If you're one of those that needs to repent, you want me to pray for you, I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I saw one hand. I pray that one will say to you right now, God, be merciful me unto me a sinner. I'm so far from you. I want to come to you today. I give you my life. I give you my will. Take me, Lord, and make me what you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Wednesday night, we'll see you. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of our celebration. God bless.